a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the Exhausted Educator channel! Class <laughs> is in session. Here's the short bald dude from the Exhausted Educator show! What is going on, Education Heroes? Thanks for dropping in to the Exhausted Educator Show. You know, this episode is meant to be like a big hug for you, right? Like, just open your arms up, here it comes. All the craziness that's been going on, you need some support, there is no doubt about it. This is going to be the medicine for that, you know, You might even say this episode, because it's all about supporting paraprofessionals and teachers, it might be exactly what the doctor ordered. No more dad jokes! All right, that's pretty bad. All right, no more dad jokes. But in this episode, I've got a special friend of mine coming on. She's an amazing person. An amazing person. Cares so much about everybody she works with. She is going to be on to talk about the ways that everybody can support each other and the ways that the leadership on your campus can support your staff. I think you're going to love the interview with this person coming up in a little bit. I want to remind you before we get going, if you like what we're doing here and if you think there's others out there who could benefit from having a few laughs and also hearing about how to recharge their educational battery because times are tough out there in education land. Help us out. All you got to do, it's completely free, people. It doesn't cost you a cent. All you have to do, subscribe wherever you're listening or viewing. Check us out on social media, at Exhaust Educator, and then share what you can. That way we get out to more people and we can make more of an impact and help more people out and bring more people into what we would refer to as the exhausted village. Here's the rundown. So as I said, we're going to have an interview in a minute about support, supporting each other, supporting the mess out of each other, and finding ways for leaders to help support their staff in their schools. We're going to move to party time where that's going to be a little bit about don't wreck your car, people. Don't wreck your car. I was not a great driver back in the day, and somehow, some weird, ludicrous way, it might have something to do with you in your classroom and building confidence in new and interesting things. Stay tuned. Then we're going to finish up with spreading cheer for all to hear, because there are boatloads of challenges that can weigh you down out there in education land, and if we can all do our part to try to spread a little bit of cheer and lift each other up, It's going to be a better place, a better year. You're going to set a better atmosphere. Like I said, this episode is going to be like one big giant hug for you. Now let me tell you a little bit about our special guest. Her name is Lauren Bolden. I've known her for quite a while. I work with her. I've seen her magic firsthand. You know, she works with digital learning. She was one of many people in our school district who kept us afloat when all of a sudden the pandemic hit and we automatically had to switch to remote learning. Or when we moved to hybrid, she was 
you know, played a huge part in that process. I've seen, I've heard, and I, I know for a fact the amount of hours that she has put in behind the scenes and would never tell anybody about. She is just an incredibly giving person. And I'm super excited to have her on for this episode where she's going to talk about different ways to help support your staff because she does so much more than just work with technology in our school district. She is instrumental as the lead person in our mentoring program for new teachers. But more importantly, and most importantly, she's just always willing to help anybody for anything. And so she's out there, you know, walking hand in hand with staff throughout our entire district, just trying to help. And she has some really good insight on how everybody can help each other and how leaders can help their staff. So without further ado, let's get into it with the amazingly talented Lauren Bolden. We have the amazing Lauren Bolden in the exhausted house, ladies and gentlemen. I'm super happy to have her on so you can experience her greatness. I've seen it. I've, I've felt her greatness for quite a few years now as someone I work with, a colleague and a friend. And I wanted to bring her on to talk about uh, ways to support the teachers, the paras, the administrators, anybody in education. And she's got a wide variety of things that she does. Lauren, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I'm so happy to be here. And for those of you who are listening, I already know you know this, but this man is a rock star. This isn't about me, Lauren. <laughs> no, it is, Kyle. I get, this is my time to get to shout you out. Uh, well, thank you. But I uh, want you to have an opportunity to share your amazing, your amazing characteristics and all your great knowledge with our listeners. So just do us a favor and, and introduce yourself. Tell us you know, what you're doing. Let everybody know how you got here. Awesome. Thank you. I am Lauren Bolton. I'm a digital learning resource teacher in my district um, with along with Kyle. He's uh, on my team as another resource teacher. I'm also a lead mentor for the district. And um, where have I come from? As cliche as it sounds, I've always wanted to teach. I was that kid who had the blackboard in the garage. Um, I know blackboards are a little old school and dating myself, but um, I had my stuffed animals as my students. I hoarded end of unit tests from my teachers when they were throwing them out so that I could give them to my stuffed animal students. Um, so when I went off to college at University of Delaware, it was no surprise to anybody that I went into um, elementary education, actually. And while I was there, I took some instructional technology courses where my my interest in tech definitely grew. And during my student teaching, I was actually placed in a third grade classroom and an eighth grade language arts classroom. And that is where I fell in love with middle school. I was hired um, by the Cesar Rodney School District as a seventh and eighth grade ELA teacher. And I never looked back. It was the greatest 11 years in the classroom I could ever think of. And it was that time in the classroom that I was able to hone my skills on using um, technology to enhance my lessons. So 
one thing I learned really quickly in the classroom is that student engagement leads to an engaged classroom, which leads to a focused classroom and a more managed classroom. And so I brought in what my students love, which was tech at the time. Um, It was getting very popular and social media was getting popular. So I used it to my advantage um, in order to leverage some learning outcomes. And from there, I was able to transition into my digital learning resource position, which I've had the great opportunity of being in for the last couple of years um, and sharing my passion for tech with other teachers. And along with my passion for teaching with other teachers as a lead mentor in the district. And just so our listeners and viewers know, you and and maybe a couple of others in our technology department, probably the number one reason why we were able to advance through crazy pandemic times of remote learning and hybrid learning and all of that. And I leaned heavily on you, Lauren Bolden, you know, text messages late at night and phone calls and how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And it wasn't just me, a district really leaned heavily on you. So I've told you this many times, but we appreciate everything that you've done for us and continue to do. So uh, just a little bit of a snippet uh, for all of our listeners and viewers. She's not just a tech person. She's uh, She is that and so much more. Uh, compassionate, caring, goes above and beyond to help everybody who needs it. And so uh, we're very fortunate to have her in our school district. She's leads by example. She's the lead for helping our mentor program. And we'll dive maybe a snippet into that too. But let's start with the tech. So, you know, we've gone through a lot in the last so many months. It's been crazy. But the challenges still exist um, as far as technology in the classroom. So if you don't mind, just take a minute or two and talk about some of the, the challenges that you think still exist in the classroom and what we could do maybe to, to sub- better support our educators to work through that. Absolutely. And thank you for your kind words. Um, So one thing I think that's um, kind of shouts out to me, right, is that kids are at sometimes it feels like the kids are ahead of us when it comes to tech. Right. We see them on their phones. They've got very crafty in how they use their Chromebooks or iPads or whatever your district is using. And I think that can be really overwhelming for educators, especially those of us who came into the pandemic not really using tech that often. We obviously, um, you know, were thrown some life preservers during the pandemic and got through it, but the kids kept going forward with their tech. And so the way I like to think about it is, you know, think about a student in your classroom. When you're presenting a concept to them that they don't understand, they feel overwhelmed, they might feel like shutting down, um, not, you know, conversing, and and all of that, all of those things that you see when, when a student is frustrated um, and just is not sure the next step. And I really do believe the same as with tech. We need to scaffold our tech for sure. We need to offer varying levels of PDs throughout our districts. You know, we, we're on a wide continuum and that's okay. That's what makes us all unique is that maybe I have can get into my email, but I've never used the Google Workspace before, or maybe I've been embedding tech forever, but there's always something new to learn no matter where you are on that continuum. And so 
it's just being willing to listen to your to the concerns and provide that support for each other, knowing where to go to get solid information. Um, and really just, I think one big thing that I, I've learned is short, small snippets, right? Like I even think about um, my evening, right? How do I decompress? I won't lie to you. I get on Instagram and I watch all of my stories and I just go mindless to them. And, but what are those stories? What is, what is helping me either learn something about um, education based off of the, the, the influencers that I follow or just to decompress it's short little snippets. And so providing um, support in those short little snippets is huge or little verbal um, sentences with screenshots. Like it can't be long or lengthy. It needs to be short and concise. I'm a huge believer that we need to save teachers seconds in the day and seconds add up to minutes, minutes add up to time back with our family um, or whomever at the end of the day or doing whatever it is that we all deserve to do at the end of the day. And so if I can provide those short little um, vignettes, I think that could be super helpful. And I, I really do believe that that's um one great way to just support the educators who are feeling challenged with with new tech or even willing to go even further with their tech in and that will just help them grow um, and continue to grow into using integrated technology that's well said and i've seen i've seen this in action like the small snippet idea that you've utilized with with some of our either paraprofessionals or teachers or administrators who may not be comfortable with some of the platforms because it's brand new to them, especially going through the pandemic. I have witnessed Lauren's greatness. It didn't ma- doesn't matter if she was. <laughs> you're shaking your head. You're so humble. You don't. <laughs> but as far as your ability to work with people wherever they're at, whether they are, um, you know, really struggle with technology and using technology or maybe more advanced in technology you have an ability to work with everybody i think it's special so i hope every district out there has a lauren bolden type in their district where just somebody who cares and is always willing to help doesn't matter the level of technology uh level that that the individual has so that's my two cents but so you, you are magnificent working in the digital world, but you do so much more in our district. You work in uh, classrooms with new teachers and veteran teachers in a variety of ways. So let's advance a little bit into some of just like the regular challenges you're seeing out there and how uh, really leaders, leaders can support them. How, how should we be supporting each other wherever you want to go with that? Awesome. I really believe that um, we all started this year so excited. And I know, you know, across the country, we're all in very different spots of where we ended um, or where we even started March of 2020 to where we were through the 2021 school year to where we are in the 21-22 school year. So I can speak from where we are right here and thinking about education as a whole. Um, But I think that right now, one of our biggest challenges is we are asking teachers to teach like it's pre-pandemic time, 
But with many of the pandemic holdovers still very much present, right? Um, we have to, you know, it, it, where we are, you know, we're still three feet apart. We're, you know, it's it's hard to group students at times. And we all know that, you know, a good evidence-based practice is kids getting together and grouping together and pair share and things of that. And we're now reinventing teaching yet again. And so I think that it feels like these last three school years has been constant first year teaching for the gamut, whether you are year one of teaching or you're year 30 of teaching. And so, you know, we really need to think about how we are supporting one another through this experience. Um, I really do believe that each of us needs to be there for each other. We all need to, you know, think about that idea, you know, I always said this in my classroom to my students, like, everyone you meet is fighting a battle, you just might not know about it. And so we all, all of our struggles are relative and we have to remember that. Um, and that, you know, just because an admin might be requesting something of us, that doesn't mean that the admin isn't being requested of and, and the chain goes up and up. and. Um, you know, it's always trying to look at the other perspective and then giving our own self grace. It's okay. I think, you know, I've said this a lot that we're in a profession of usually we're a little more type A personalities um, where we strive for perfection. We strive to do the best that we possibly can. And we don't want to leave any stone unturned and we don't want to leave anyone behind or forget to do something. And I think that when you can take a step back and give your own self the grace that we see you working harder than you even did last year. Um, and we know that you are doing your thing. And even though some days feels like you're just barely keeping your head above water, that those kids are benefiting benefiting from what you're doing. And it's really important. I had a friend share this idea the other day. She was like, um, you know, everyone should make a folder in their email or their drive or whatever you're using of little positive emails that are sent from admin, parents, students, you know, I have, I can even tell you, I was in a classroom last year helping and this little girl made me a picture of the two of us together working on technology. And I took a little picture screenshot of it. And it's those moments where you're feeling flustered and, you know, you're just not sure you can take another fill in the blank of what's happened to you that day. Remind yourself, you know, we are all trying our best and you are making a difference for those students who are in your classroom, for the educators who are around you, you know, and we just need to try and support each other as best as we can as we reinvent teaching yet again for what I would say is the third year in a row. You're all rock stars and you're doing things that you probably never thought were imaginable. And when times get tough, need you. And I always think about this, like, think back to last year, like you made, we made it through, like you did this, like we're going to get there and we have to do it together. You got me jacked up. I'm ready. <laughs> <Let's> go. <laughs>
Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lauren Bold, you always make so much sense. Um, So you you hit on so many good things that um, you know really resonate with me and the kinds of things I always say. We are very similar in our approach. We know that, and um, probably listeners now realize that as well. Uh, You know, the idea of just trying to celebrate your small successes might be what you need to push you through. And sometimes we get caught up so many times in education at looking at, you know, how many kids succeeded on this or did I get over this group of lessons, did I get this result? But sometimes the success is much smaller, right? And it's easy, it's easy to, to miss it sometimes, but it's super important, especially when times are challenging like they are yet again, which it's crazy to think, is it, you know, maybe even more challenging than what we've gone through before? It's nuts, but possible. So I want I want to end on this because, you know, I'm giving our viewers and listeners some snippets of Lauren Bolden greatness. One of the other amazing things that you do is you are a, not just a leader of our mentor program, but also really a think partner for a lot of our new teachers. You work with new teachers throughout our district and the men, their mentors and uh, it's just a really positive leader for everybody. And, you know, thinking about our new teachers or our new paras, maybe even our new administrators who are in tough situations too, um, what kind of advice do you have for them as far as, you know, how we should be supporting each other, how we should be working through challenges? Um, what kind of things would you say to, to those individuals? Absolutely. I think that when it comes to our new teachers, we need to be there to support them. And we're very thin as it is, right? We're very stretched thin, but the more we can support them, the more they're going to become our future teacher leaders. And they're coming with all these fresh new perspectives and it can be such a breath of fresh air. So, um, you know, inviting them in, making them feel a part of the community in the whether it's your team level, whether it is the whole building, um, you know, district-wide, their voice is super valuable because they're bringing in new things that we all who've been in it for a while might never have thought of before. I also think it's super important that when we're supporting our new teachers that we um we're really purposeful in the support that we give them. Things need to be very well, the tasks that we give for supporting um, new teachers should be well-defined. That's gonna directly impact their teaching and their students and their success. I think it's super important that, like I said, we give them um, a mentor or support from at least one person who's going to check in on them. And it doesn't have to be face-to-face. It could be a quick text message. I can tell you um, my mentor from way back when was that person for me, would always just send a quick text. How are you doing today? And would listen and respond. And I always felt supported by them And you could never tell that there was anything else going on in that person's um, day in terms of teaching because they always need time uh, for me. And I think that's so important that we give each other that time to listen and um, to kind of let go of what's happening so that we can then move forward um, with with the rest of our day. I really also think that, um, you know, 
when giving new teachers or new admin or whoever um, information, I go back to the idea of chunking. It's just good teaching, right? Like in my classroom, I would break my ideas into chunks. Uh, and when was it appropriate to give my students certain information? And I think when it comes to anybody who's new, they're going to be so overwhelmed with so many things at one time that really finding the purposeful message to send them. So, you know, it's, for example, it's super important that we have really good parental communication. And so that's something to start off the year with of, you know, um, honing in on how do you respond to parents? How do you communicate? How do you build them as part of your community? But then when it comes time for your first set of conferences as a new teacher, are you, can you give them another small little bit of information, a small video, a small article, or just sit down and talk to them and listen to their concerns about what it's going to be like to have that first parent um, conference? That could be very overwhelming. And so really coming in um, and meeting our teachers where, where they need to be met, you, you know, trying to listen and, um, and just keep moving all of us forward in that positive light, I think will, um, you know, help retain our teachers and just knowing that um, we're all in this together. That, that's really well said. And, you know, to be a teacher is tough. To be a new teacher right now is just astronomically tough. And, you know, I know when I've met with new teachers, you know, even at the beginning of the year when we did some in services for, you know, orientation of getting them ready. You know, my message was exactly what you're saying as far as you got to find somebody to lean on. Like you need the veteran teachers too and, and, and veteran administrators. Everybody needs somebody. But if you can do anything, find somebody to lean on. Hopefully that's your mentor. Hopefully your mentor is get going out of the way to build, just like in the classroom, a positive relationship so that that person feels uh, welcome to share whatever's on their chest. And, you know, and then you can have, you can lean on each other as you work through the process. So Lauren Bolden, yeah, amazing as always. Thank you for enlightening everybody and bringing your greatness. I know I'm going to want to have you back at some point. Maybe we dive deeper into working with new teachers. Maybe we dive deeper into technology or any of the other things uh, that you have uh, stirring around in your amazing brain. So thank you so much for joining us. Can't thank you enough, Lauren. Thanks, Kyle. And right back at you, man. This guy is the best. <laughs> it's true. Party time. In this edition of Party Time, I'm going to take you back to a younger version of Kyle, one with actual hair. Go figure. There was a time when I had some. I was not a very well-polished 16-year-old young man. You might say, in some cases, a little bit of a train wreck. Not horrible, but I was like every other 16-year-old, just trying to find their way in, in the world that we were living. Where I lived, we had uh, a special place where I actually got my first job. So I'm going to take you back and talk about that. And then it's going to lead into my inability to drive a car. And it will somehow, some way, in a weird way, lead back to your classroom and how, in an absurd way, my issues with driving cars and working somehow could help you out. So let me take you back. 
way back in the 90s, the younger version of myself worked at a very small grocery store. You see, I worked in, oh, a very, very small town that was probably not even on the map, or most people didn't realize it was on the map till Google Maps came around. I loved where I grew up, but it was very small. And we had one grocery store with like five or six aisles. It was actually Al's Mid-State Market, one-stop shop for all your grocery needs. Although we also had gas pumps out front, and back in the day, you could rent videos, BCRs. I'm dating myself a bit because obviously that was way back in the day, but that's pretty much what we had at Al's Mid-State Market. You know, I started there as my very first job as a 16-year-old, and I remember being so excited the first time I walked in. I'd done like other things and mowing yards and things like that, but this was like legit. Like I was going to make like a a real paycheck that involved like taxes and stuff, right? That kind of made it like real. My first day in, I went in very excited, went in with the right frame of mind. And one of the more senior employees led me around the store. Now again, not like a huge, huge grocery store like you think today. But to me, as a kid who'd never had a job before, it was a lot for me to learn in those five or six aisles. Well, somewhere between the canned beans and the pasta, my mind was blown. I remember going up and down the aisles, and uh, the person who was leading me was a good person. I would I would go on to find, you know uh, to become friends with later on. But you know that first day, as they were leading me up and down the aisles, they were telling me about everything I needed to know from you know this part goes here, and then when we stock shelves, you got to know this, and then went back to the dairy section. You got to learn about the milk, and then you go to the deli section, and it's all about cutting meats and produce and you kind of had to be a jack of all all trades and it blew my mind in my first five-hour shift I went home and I was like I don't know I said to my parents I don't know if I can do this I had no idea that being a grocery store worker was so intense I don't remember where the beans are. I had people come up to me my first day working and ask me questions like, where is this? I I have no idea. I think they just told me, but I can't remember. My mind was blown. Well, I've got good news. Over time, I did get better. And I went on to be an assistant manager at Al's Mid-State Market. One-stop shop for all your grocery needs. And gasoline and BCRs. Well... That leads me to the next part. So that was 16-year-old Kyle at the grocery store. I got better. It just took me some time. I actually moved up to, like, assistant manager status in uh, you know, Al's mid-state market. Hey, 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 big-time stuff for, you know, an 18-year-old kid. Well, I also had some other issues, mainly driving a car. So... And I promise, bear with me for a minute, it will all come together. Two examples funneling to one important point in just a minute. But driving a car wasn't so easy for me. Matter of fact, I failed my first time I I attempted. I did did okay on like the written portion, the test, but I failed the first time I took the, the actual test in the car. 
I rolled through a stop sign. Ugh, the first time. Not good. Hardly made it 100 yards down the road, and the guy told me to turn around and go back. I'd already failed. I got better, and I passed the second time. However, that was not my uh, end to problems driving a car. One area I particularly struggled with was parking. I had driver's ed. Oddly enough, I had driver's ed after I had already gotten my driver's license. And I remember my poor driver's ed teacher. Oh, I, I was so bad, I felt bad for him, right? Trying to teach me how to parallel park. It was horrific. Horrific. We would try. <laughs> he, would, he was so patient with me. And I was trying to whittle my way in day after day after day. And I really didn't get much better. That wasn't my only issues. I remember one day, my, with, out with my driver's ed teacher, we came up to a stoplight, and he said, you know, you can turn on red here as long as it's clear. In my head, I heard, you can turn on red here. <laughs> so, pretty much without even looking, I turned on red. I pulled out in front of somebody. My driver's ed teacher, who, again, a really good dude, uh... He had a brake on his side, too. He stepped on that brake so hard, he broke it. Uh, actually broke it. And I realized as I pulled out into traffic, there was somebody right on my tail, so I pretty much had to gun it, gunning it with your driver's ed teacher right next to you. Not a good idea. I somehow made it through driver's ed. But I do remember, like, uh, he was so so upset frustrated because i you know i I nearly wrecked the uh, driver's ed car right at least he had every reason to be upset with me uh it wasn't pretty so i just gave you two examples of how i struggled and to be honest with you i'm still not great at driving up at at parking I, i even i can actually do parallel parking now pretty well go figure took a lot of time but I'm not great at like pulling into to parking spots, but I can do it. But I'm telling you those two examples for a reason. I can, t- I can tell you I got better at Al's Mid-State Market. I can tell you I got better at driving a car. You know what I needed? Time. It took time. Pretty soon I was able to say, hmm, yeah, you need beans? They're in aisle three halfway down on the right-hand side. Have a great day, ma'am. Or I was able to say, oh, you need uh, cooked ham. How much? Half a pound? Absolutely. I can do that for you. And I could cut up the deli meats. I could run the registers. I could do the produce. I could take care of all of it. You know what it took? Time. When it came to the car, yeah, I nearly, <laughs> I nearly wrecked the driver's ed car. I probably nearly gave my poor driver's ed teacher a stroke, but I did get better. You know what it took? Time. It took time. Why, why am I sharing these bizarre stories with you? These two examples of young, well-haired, 16-year-old Kyle. Well, it's because a lot of times in the classroom, when you get something that you try... Or something that's new. Maybe it's a new curriculum. 
Maybe it's just a new strategy, something new you want to try. It's not always perfect. You might fail miserably the first time you try. It might take time. You use the time and try to be patient and give yourself grace to get a little bit better. You know what happens over time? You get a little bit better. You get a little more confident in yourself. And when you get a little more confident in yourself, you are become, you will become a much stronger teacher or paraprofessional or leader or car driver or Al's Mid-State Market. One-stop shop for all your grocery needs. Your one-stop shop is in your classroom. Build your confidence by giving yourself some grace. Keep trying things. But understand it's gonna you're gonna have to be patient. It's gonna take some time. <laughs> Spreading cheer. Probably not that kind of cheer, or not even cheers, mate. Not even that kind of cheer. More like positivity. Spreading positivity. During challenging times, we can help each other by spreading some cheer. I think it was Elf the movie where it said, spread the cheer for all to hear. That's what we need right now, people, both in education and out in in the real world too. But specifically in education land, we can help each other if we do some things to spice up and brighten people's days, right? Maybe compliments. Maybe your challenge is, let's give, give out a few compliments to people every day. Could be students, could be coworkers, could be bosses, anyone in particular. To make you feel better because you're spreading some positive cheer, definitely going to make them feel better because they're going to get that positive message. And you know what happens? It's just like the, the old adage of paying it forward. People will then do the same thing. And we spread it around and help each other during challenging times. A different way to support each other. Maybe something outside of the box, but... You know, there's something to spreading cheer for all to hear. I'll close on this. Try, try, try to support the mess out of each other. It makes such a big difference if you can support those around you and they can support you. Everybody gets stronger. It also helps you with kind of working through challenges too, which we've got a few right now. One more thing. Remember if there's something something that's new, it doesn't always start easy. So when you're starting with a new strategy, a new curriculum, a new anything, it's not always easy to start. Whether you're working it your first day at a grocery store, trying to figure out how to cut the meat at the deli, or whether you're trying to figure out how on earth you're going to parallel park, sometimes things take time. Give yourself some of that grace. I'll end on my usual note. Helping's hard. So try to take care of yourself the best that you can so you can take care of them. Thank you for all you do out there in education land. Your students are lucky to have you. Have a great one. I hope to see you again soon. Party time!
sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting agitators. Always watching. Last Christmas. <laughs> member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his music in our intro, outro, and also the music used in our interviews. You can find his information in the show notes below.